Iron Sights After Dark, radio check. Copy, loud and clear. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation, and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Iron Sights Podcast, After Dark. I'm here with my good buddy, JP. JP, what up? What's good? Good to have you back. It's been a little bit. We took a little bit of a break on purpose. It was a planned break. This is going to be the first podcast uh, we've done together uh, in a, a little over a week. Uh, we had some training we needed to get done, and there was some business we needed to get taken care of. And uh, there were some opportunities, and opportunities aren't necessarily always timely. You got to take advantage of those when they come up. And yep. uh, they were good ones. And learned a ton. And we're gonna Definitely. T- yeah, man. We're, I'm excited to talk a little bit about it tonight because uh, what we're going to jump into, we're going to get into it right away, is we're going to be talking about uh, handheld lights. Uh, and when we talk about the handheld lights, we cross over a little bit into weapon-mounted lights as it, uh, I guess, pertains to firearms. We're going to talk about that. And more specifically, your everyday carry. Um, maybe some things to think about. And we're going to bring sort of some of our experience, which we've had quite a bit of now yeah. uh, in the, I would say over time, but certainly concentrated over the last couple of months. I, I know for me in like the last year, um, I probably slacked on like carbine training because I was so like hell bent on low light stuff, which is so hard to get, Yeah, you know, so hard to get, which is a, a thing when you're making decisions about, you know, what is the right light for me? Because you, you're kind of wind up having to listen to other people's experiences. And that's what we're here to do is sort of provide ours, maybe a a similar and or different perspective on some of the things that we've learned, experienced, uh, failed with, succeeded Mm -hmm. with. uh, We've had maybe some perceptions going into things that were completely changed and some of the stuff was validated. So I'm just going to kind of, kind of go through, going to go through some of that stuff. So hopefully this is helpful for the listeners. For those of you that are actually watching, uh, we have a few examples here of lights as we kind of talk about it. This is not going to be a deep dive on, you know, how lights function. We are not going to be talking about the in-depth stuff around candelas and lumens. I think it's important uh, to touch on, but this is not a science lesson and it's not a, a review of, um, of kind of data from manufacturers. This is purely experiential stuff. Yeah. This is just all of our experience. We're not going to get too nerdy with it. We just want to like, try and again, add value to anybody who listens to us, um, with our personal experiences. And we've had a lot recently with, uh, people who are more qualified than us. For sure. And it's been uber helpful. So again, transferring knowledge, uh, sort of growing together, together and, uh, contributing together. And here we are on the contribution piece. Hopefully what we can provide back to the folks is, um, some good takeaways and some things to maybe think about again, maybe it, uh, validates some things and maybe it, it flies in the face of some of the things that you hold true or near and dear to the heart yeah. as, it, as it relates to your lights. So jumping right in, uh, EDC. So EDC, everyday carry lights, kind of the, the big question that needs to be asked is, and it's just like anything else, like if you're going to choose a piece of equipment or you're going to choose a diet program, you're going to choose a workout program or training program, 
how do I make the right kind of decisions? The first thing you got to start with is what is my goal? Like, what yep. am I trying to do? The, my take on this is first off, there are a lot of different uh, situations where you might want to light, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a handheld light for me is something that I can literally carry as the acronym says every day in my pocket that is going to be useful for me in multiple situations. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for something that can help me find the phone that I dropped between the seats in the car and at, at, at night or in the dark mm-hmm. uh, to shuffle around the back seat of the SUV um, or in the very, very back when I'm cleaning it out at the end of the night or whatever, make sure I picked up everything. So that that's one application when I'm out walking the dog, right? Uh, everything from kind of looking into a dark area as I'm approaching with the dog at night. So that's kind of my nightly ritual to also uh, making sure that I clean up every last bit of the dog mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, while, while I'm out there and there might be a little bit too much information, but that's just the kind of guy I am to make sure that I picked up after myself. Um, and then taking it to a completely other end of the spectrum would be if I should need this in a life saving type situation, I want to make sure that this, this light can serve me through thick and thin weather, right? Uh, I guess drops or violence, if that should come up, uh, heat, uh, all different types of environments and, um, and help me out in terms of spotting what is a potential threat, potential threat, sorry. And, uh, and get me through. So that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. How do you, how do you, that's me. That's what I'm thinking about when I'm buying a light might be very different for you. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm already like piecing together, like what kind of light you would need, right. In terms of like lumens or mm-hmm. how much candela. I know we weren't, we weren't going to talk about that, but as far as like the power output and how far it can reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what's too much if you're searching around in your car, right. So it's got to have like a nice little middle ground. And if you're doing all that, you probably don't want one that breaks when you drop it. Absolutely not. Uh, something simple like that. Um, so yeah, I know that, um, that I think what you're talking about is a little bit more on the spectrum of what everybody else, uh, your average person, I should say, should say the majority of people, what they would want out of a light, something that's in their pocket. It's not going to bug them, but if their phone's down for some reason, they can look for their phone search around them for things. And also like who doesn't need a light people, everybody uses their cell phone light until they realize it actually doesn't have that much power output. Right. It's nice that you have them, but it's really not good for anything more than two feet in front of you. I think that's pretty applicable to most people. Um, but me personally, uh, the thing that I want from a light that I think most people don't think about, and maybe I'm extreme for saying this is, um, I like one that I can have in my pocket, but the biggest light I can have in my pocket without, looking like I have a banana in my pocket. <laughs> Is that a light in your pocket? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I like having a little bit of weight and durability. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd be honest, like, because for self-defense purposes, I want a light that has the power output that's going to de- uh, disorient somebody, like, visually, um, even if it's just for five to ten seconds. And something that has some weight behind it. So it's just like cops used to carry those big ass mag lights. And now I don't want a mag light in my pocket, you know, but it's the same idea, right? You can use it almost as if it's like a little bit of brass knuckles or it's a, a baton. force multiplier if needed. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I personally carry one in my pocket. Um, but you do need a light that covers what you say. Like everybody should have one. Mm-hmm. That's just like clean up dog poop search mm-hmm. your car, mm-hmm. not blind you while you're searching your mm-hmm. car, but be far, be able to punch out far enough to see, you know, the, the 10 yards in front of you. If you do have, if you are threatened, if there, if you have to be prepared for, you know, 
something random happening outside of a restaurant or a bar. Yeah. So, so that's, so you just said, you just actually gave a number, which was like 10 yards. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of things that get lost in conversation when we're talking about lights and the power outputs Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, candelas and lumens and things like that. And how much is too much? How much do you actually need? I mean, some of these lights will punch out a hundred yards. The mod light I keep in my pocket. uh, I just did a test with Will and Bryant and they punch out to roughly 250 visually. So again, if this is an everyday carry, like, do you need to punch out 250 yards if you're carrying a concealed, which is typically a pistol? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that important? Like what's the, how much do you really need? Um, If you work at a football stadium or if you're a park ranger, that's very good. If you're not, then I, I, I personally never see 10 to 20 yards uh, going further than 10 to 20 yards. I never see that being useful. Well, I, here's, here's I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Even in broad daylight, seeing 25 yards in broad daylight with my eyes, mm-hmm. I, I can see the target, but I can't make out a lot of detail. Yeah. So, yeah, and I that's in broad daylight. That's a common thing, right? It is like who can positively ID something like that far away. Uh, and like you and me have shot steel 50 plus yards low light. Um, but it's let, steel and you know, it's that, you know what it is. Let's be honest. It's C zone steel. Yeah. We know, we see this, <laughs> this like bright color silhouette and we're like, okay, we know exactly what we're shooting at, at a range. Right. You know? Uh, so I think that's definitely something to talk about. Um, like I said, a lot of people don't think about disorienting somebody and having like a weapon in their pocket. Cause I've gone to Disneyland plenty of times where the security is like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, it's a light. They use it and they're like, Oh, it's a light, but it, it looks crazy. But it, let's be honest, it is a force multiplier. Again, I don't search with it. Um, I actually carry two lights. I carry one on my body, which is the mod light with the switchback on it from Theorem. Uh, and then I carry uh, a backup light. And that backup light will be in some sort of backpack that I carry every day. I carry either like a work backpack or a day bag in my car. Mm-hmm. Every single day, I'm going to have one of those bags on me. And it has a, a Surefire X300 with um, an A, so it's quick detach. So I can either mount it on one of my weapons, like the Glock I carry every day, or I can just keep it in my pocket because uh, this thing works just like the the Surefire Haley Strategic Light where I can just do that and search with it, right? Um, yeah, this is really easy for me to use and it's got constant on. Momentary, yes. So like, so for those of you that are kind of watching JP's kind of flashing and shining the thing around the, the studio right here, and you can kind of see, uh, you know, the differences just in terms of the flood effect versus the spot effect, kind of the hot spot on it, even at the close range and in the well-lit studio that we're in, you can, you can see the difference between the two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, the X 300 is probably a little bit higher output than I would want to carry for something to search with. But it's just enough to not fucking give me so much backlight or splash back and like uh, really fuck me up. You know what I mean? Like uh, I can search with it and uh, my eyes can adjust, but it's it's right there. That's the ceiling, dude. If I get any brighter than this fucking thing, dude, like I'm blinding when myself. You're up, when you're up close, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you're searching 250 yards away with your, well, that's a different thing. <laughs> I'm talking about like indoors. Why, why or, would you be doing that? Like there's a lot of questions I have about like, why would you be searching that far away? you know, yeah. it, around your house or, you yeah. know, in your, in your, in your daily life, if you're going camping, mm-hmm. well then grab a more powerful light. Cause you yeah. might need, you might need a, a more powerful light. Or if you're going to be traveling through, 
you know, we were just traveling through the desert. I mean, there's a lot of wide open space there, mm-hmm. you know, to have a little bit more power to, to reach out a little bit further. Yeah. I guess there could be some, for me, maybe there's some logic there, but the reality of it is, is that it's not my life. I live in the city, you know, I live in a house right next to right next door to a lot of other houses. I have a fairly small yard, mm-hmm. right? I have a business. The business is about a, that my building's about 150 feet front to back, but that's not like all open, yeah. You know, like it's, it's, you know, it's kind of chopped up. We got like a thousand square feet in the back, you know, which is probably close to about 30 of that 150, uh, 30 or 40 of that 150 feet, which is all offices and things like that. They're smaller spaces. Um, I mean, my application for punching out 200 yards or let's just say longer than a hundred, 150 yards mm-hmm. really doesn't come into play unless I'm like maybe out at the range with my rifle. Yeah, I think Jerry brought up a good point. He was like, you know, I can see it being a good, like, truck light. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, something in the car, if you needed to search for something, like, when you're outdoors, you have to fix your car or something like that. Um, I thought that was, that's actually probably a pretty good application for it. But um, I I don't see, like, literally, dude, if we're not out in, like, the wilderness, I don't see why you need 200 to 250 yards of, like, I, I fucking see that over there. Well, yeah. So the, I think this brings up a good point of like how, how much light do you really need? Right. Yeah. What's a, usable for us. Right. And, and and so people always go, yeah, but if there's a threat, you know, if there's somebody breaks into your house, you want to have all the light you can, you can have. Well, here's the, here's my, so let's talk about this premise. Where are you more likely, where are the more high frequency situations where you may need some type of a light mm-hmm. um, in terms of a self-defense situation? Yes. Probably. I mean, when you, I mean, if you look at how things happen, it's usually around your car, right? In a Mm -hmm. parking lot, at a gas station, uh, you know, outside the shopping mall, outside a restaurant where you're a target, right? Or in your house. Now, I don't know about you. I know every inch of my house. Yeah. I can walk through that house in pitch black. And the reality of it is, is there's never, ever really pitch black, Right. Yeah. There's there's always some level of ambient light that yeah. exists. And unless you've trained in that ambient light at some level, you might not actually realize that you can see what the hell you're looking at, mm-hmm. even with very, very little light. You don't need a light, you know, necessarily. You certainly don't need a, you know, mod light to identify that there is a potential threat in your house. I mean, you're talking very short distances in a place that should be very, very familiar to you. And if it isn't very, very familiar to you, well then get familiar with it because that's training, you know, I guess, so to speak. But again, how much light do you really need in what situations? I think people get really carried away with all the what ifs uh, because you can't solve for every situation with one light. It's impossible. There yeah, is no one is. size. Fits and that's all. why I carry two lights, even outside of a cell phone light. Um, <clears throat> because for, you know, uh, my house, my backyard, my front yard, um, I've already like found out that the, the Streamlight TLR seven, a, uh, that's that usually it's on G 19s. Uh, that's my go-to More than enough. concealed carry light. Same. Um, now that, uh, that seems like it's actually perfect. The perfect amount of power output for me to search the house, for me to search my backyard. I don't have some massive backyard, but enough to where like you have to shine a light out there cause you can't see everything even in the moonlight. Um, so something like that, that's half the power output of like the surefire X 300. Uh, and it's less than half the output of this mod light LKW. Um, and I, I personally love that light a lot. Like I, that's usually the one, even though it's like, 
you know, Streamlight, which is like a great company, but like, that's usually the one I suggest people get almost every single time. Cause it's just a really good balance. Like you can see out to like 30, 40 yards with it. Uh, you can also not blind yourself inside of a house, right? you know? Um, and in terms of like the Streamlight that you have here, uh, I think this is, this one's pretty good in terms of like what we talked about, 10, 20 yards, yeah. being able to search the house without blinding yourself. And that doesn't seem like it's like too much of a hot spot. It's got a, a good amount of, it's not uh, too flood. much flood, but it is, it's, it's hot enough. I mean, I've been using, I've been carrying this thing for a couple of years now, by the mm-hmm. way, I've dropped it a million times. Yeah. I train with it regularly. Um, it, this, this particular one does have the rechargeable battery on it. Mm-hmm. I recharge this thing maybe every few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it pretty frequently. Um, and it, it's not, it's basically about the same size as the mod light with a smaller bezel mm-hmm. on the end. Um, so it's a little bit smaller, smaller glass. So it sits in my pocket real nice. Um, this is the ProTac XL. It's the, yeah, that's the, um, the two X ProTac two XL. Okay. Yeah. So I had the ProTac, uh, one that I used to carry before this mod light and I loved it and literally, uh, had no issues with it. I just wanted to, uh, get something that I can throw like the theorem ring on mm-hmm. it with a little bit more size. And I considered that in the surefire, um, but obviously mod light has the most hype behind it. Yep. So I wanted to test it. And, and honestly, um, I didn't even want to fork out the money for a mod light handheld. Cause I had already had like two rifle lights and a pistol light. Mm-hmm. But since the pistol light, I just thought was complete garbage. I was like, I'll just use the head off this thing on a change it over to the yeah, handheld. handheld. Um, but yeah, so like you have to really think about the goal, right? Um, I think your goal is very common. My goal, I, I think my goal should be really common too, in terms of like having a light that can disorient somebody, but maybe that that's worth a little bit less. Cause I, I seem to be in a smaller crowd of people who think that way. Um, but either way, I think that your application is pretty normal. Now, if we're talking like combat belts, yep. um, I've used my mod light on my combat belt, the same one I carry in my pocket every day. Um, I've used it outside the ring, uh, the theorem switchback. It helps me pull it out of a pistol mag carrier very easily. Um, it's very easy to access. I like it. It worked really well. Last time I was out and we were shooting low light a few weeks ago out in like BLM desert. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, dude, it worked great out there. I mean, why not? We're fucking at a 250 yard range. Um, and that's, that's for outside combat stuff. But um, something we should talk about in terms of like, uh, outside the waistband stuff is for one, if that's what you're thinking about, you're just thinking either zombie apocalypse tyranny, or you're in the military, right. Or law enforcement that would count too. Right. But I don't think law enforcement has an option. Do they? I think. So I was just finding that out tonight. I was hanging out with some law enforcement officers tonight and some of the stuff is department issued and or, or mandated that they have stipulations on what they can or can't carry. And I have to be honest, I was at a training evolution actually, and kind of watching it go down and there were two light failures mm-hmm. with these, these issued lights and they weren't any of the lights that we have up here. Yeah. It, was, it was dark. It was in a dark warehouse and uh, I was, it was, it was like, wow, we're about to talk about this in a couple is of it hours. A handheld or it was a handheld, oh, handheld light. Yeah. Um, and they, they both, they both two failures. There were maybe, let's say there were about eight officers and there were two failures in the four hours I was there. Yeah. Uh, just, I was just observing. I was just watching. Yeah. Well, generally I think uh, law enforcement, but they, sorry, these were issued lights though. These yeah, are, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what the, this is what they were told they have to carry. So generally from what I've found with all my friends, like Oakland PD, Stockton PD and stuff like that is like, 
that has to be approved mm-hmm. and it has to be issued. Even if you like get them to like run like an RMR or something like that, like it literally has to be something that they agreed upon. Like you can't just go slap it on your gun yeah, so, or your light. Yeah. So this is like, like the so whole law enforcement, like department policy or agency policy mm-hmm. that you might have to, yeah, you might not have much of a choice. Everybody's individual too, right. by the way. Cause I like Oakland PD that my buddy was running like a G 45, um, G45 with a uh, Trijicon RMR and uh, an X300. And I was like, dude, they fucking, they set you up, bro. Why don't they set everybody up like this? You know what I mean? Yeah. But apparently I think he's like SWAT or something like that. So, um, yeah. So anyway, my, back to the EDC. My, my point is like, this is, if we're doing outside the waistband, which would be law enforcement, military, zombie apocalypse belt, whatever. Um, this felt right. Manipulations wise. I did actually have uh, issues uh, NDing this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were with triple feed, uh, the first time, not the, or the, my second time with them, I had problems NDing this to where it was actually in like the, my mag carrier and it was just on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the mod light I found is very touchy in terms of the button. Same with the stream light. Um, but it wasn't like super crazy. As long as you're in a team environment, like that shouldn't matter. Cause they let me know like after like 30 seconds or something like that. Um, but I will say something that does matter for this thing outside of the manipulations is I did drop it at an indoor range this last weekend with triple feed. And, uh, I wouldn't say I dropped it and I wouldn't say I threw it. I would say I tossed it at about chest height and, uh, it cracked on the first toss. So, Uh, so now we're getting into durability. All right. In terms of your EDC and like durability being a, should be an important factor depending on what environment you're working in. Yeah. So. And, and I bring it up with the outside the waistband thing. Cause people are always like fucking mod like this mod like that. And um, I'm, I'm just straight up going to talk about brands in this one. Cause I think that's going to add the most value for everybody being unbiased here, just purely off experience. Um, yeah. And this is one thing mod has to think about, man. Cause I dropped it on a cement floor. Uh, like I said, it was about chest height and it was more of a toss. It wasn't a throw. It wasn't a drop, but just like a static drop. Um, yeah. And, uh, I cracked it and dented it. I'm going to push this into the camera, see if the camera will focus in on it. If You can see the cracks, but I see the cracks. Anytime I flash this thing now, looks like I'm shooting a spider, spider web. web. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, fuck that sucks. And then I was like, well, you know, let's go full on test mode. So I continued to not throw it. I didn't chuck it. I didn't just lightly drop it. I was tossing it. Uh, the drill that we were doing is uh, ditch the light shoot. Um, with just the weapon, both hands on the weapon, uh, or reload with both hands on the weapon, ditch the light as if you didn't have like a switchback. If you just had a light that you had to ditch for a reload that you didn't have time to attack reload. With yeah. Reload. Yeah. I was like, just in the moment you need to reload, you're being attacked, ditch the light. That's what I did. It broke. And then the, the, the crack and the dents got worse in different areas. The second time I tossed it. Uh, so in terms of reliability and durability, uh, this failed because I didn't do a whole lot and it straight up is like, I can probably toss this one more time and it's probably done. Now, does it work? Definitely works. And I think this thing will work just fine as long as I don't toss it again. Um, that's something to think about, man. If you're law enforcement, yeah, you might have to fucking toss your light, get it out of your hand so you can reload or, or do something, use a fucking tourniquet or whatever. There's infinite amount of scenarios that could happen, but uh, that's something with the mod light. Um, 
that I personally experienced. Um, I wasn't too happy about, which is odd. Cause I feel like when everybody was trying to get me off of surefire's dick and like, they're like mod light power output. And I was like, does it work good? Like, is that, does it, anybody have durability tests? And like, nobody seems to have issues with the durability. I was like, well, I guess it just holds up to it, but well, it's different being on the end of a rifle, right? When you're yeah. only out. And again, the, I think the other part about this is, is, you know, what is, how are people actually using, carrying this thing around in your pocket or taking it out to the range on occasion? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you may, you may not just have enough experience with it yet and yeah. neither might the other people that are giving you these, these reviews. I think the, to the point we've been out a lot, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. after dark or in the dark, whether yeah. it be on an indoor range or outside. And again, just speaking from experience that, that that's where I think you're coming from. And what yeah, and you were there. I want to be clear about that yeah. because this is, it's not strapped to the end of a rifle. So it is a much different application. Yeah. Uh, if you're not punching out windows and doors with a rifle, like you're probably not going to see this kind of yeah, damage on your light. Probably. I mean, hopefully you're taking care of, could you drop your rifle? Could it, could, that's mm-hmm. going to happen to, there's a lot of things that could be damaged when you drop your rifle. Right? Yeah. So, cause you know, you got well, dude, it's like when we were doing CQB with Jerry, like his second uh, nature response to like shit popping up in front of him was to fucking throat punch it with yeah, his muzzle. That's right. Yeah. And if you have like a mod light at the end of it, how does that hold up? Yeah, It's depending on where, how it's mounted and where it's mounted and how you hit whatever you're hitting. Um, it definitely could take the brunt of the blow. Um, so I will say though, that the first light I ever broke was a surefire X 300. Um, I was sprinting, um, at a range with boulders and gravel. And, uh, I had a level one, uh, holster, basically no type of, uh, clip or anything like that, just open holster. And I guess it, I didn't have the retention, like cinched down enough on the holster. Um, and my Glock like flew out as I was sprinting, um, just full, full on. And, uh, the Glock, hit the side of like a good size rock, like a brick size boulder. And, uh, my X 300, the entire X 300 was like flawless, but the actual, uh, glass itself cracked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it worked just fine. I didn't see any spider webs or anything like that. It worked just fine. But I, I hit up surefire and, uh, they were just like, Oh, we'll fucking send you a new head. So, uh, they just said, send us the thing so we can, we can check it out. And like a week later I had a new X 300 um, again, both of these lights worked the crash glass on the X 300. There was no dents on the metal, but the, the cracked glass, uh, didn't actually show up while I was using the light. And this mod light, like looks like fucking Spider-Man is coming through a light. So, yeah. So uh, just getting back to the durability, uh, I don't know. I've been running this thing. Like I said, this little stream light, you've been running that mod light for quite some time. And we mm-hmm. talked about the, uh, the X 300 for a while. Look, everybody's going to have their own experiences, yeah. uh, and if you don't drop your shit and you're you're being gentle with it or whatever, mm-hmm. then you're probably never gonna you're never gonna experience this stuff, right? Yeah. You just you're just not like th- these lights got dropped quite a few times in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, on different terrains, some was on dirt, some was in rocks, like call it uh, DG or base rock mm-hmm. in some cases uh, and very, some rougher terrains than other on concrete. Uh, I've done it, done it there. I've certainly dropped it in the house a million times. Mm-hmm. I've dropped it uh, out of my hand on the sidewalk, on concrete, on asphalt, um, in, in dirt or whatever. I haven't had any issues with it. Yeah. Um, to me with the volume or in the frequency of how many times I have dropped it, um, I feel really comfortable that, you know, with the durability of this light, I, yeah. I, I do. 
Uh, is does it have the most lumens? No. Does it have the most candela? No. Does it punch out to 25 yards, 20, 25 yards? Yes. Am I going to be shooting at anything in the dark further than that, that far away? Probably not. Yeah. P- probably not. Cause if I am like shit's real bad, like, and, and, but at the same time, like I, I don't, I just don't know that I'd be shooting much further than that away based on my, based on my life. So anything could be, any, anything could, could, uh, could happen. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to be prepared for kind of anything. But in a sort of a self-defense, concealed carry type of situation, um, I'm perfectly comfortable with this lot. I mean, I don't think any more. And by the way, it's like 100, 130 bucks. Like yeah. So I think that's a big thing, too. The <laughs> the ProTac one that I was running, uh, it's like close to half the size of yours. Yeah, small. Um, I've purchased like four of those and I've given two out to like family members. Uh, they run on AA CR123, mm-hmm. either one. Um and to me, they have great output for what you're getting. And they're like 60 bucks out the door and I've dropped them, never broke them. Do I th- toss them or do anything hardcore? No, but it, I was using that light for like almost a year before I bought this mod light that I've had now for six months or five months, maybe. Um, but yeah, so price points is, is huge. And this is usually why, like, if anybody knows me, like I'm trying to be objective here and I'm trying to give people the, the information, the value that I don't think I received when I got into shooting. Uh, so yeah, I think mod lights fucking, they're overpriced with this handheld thing. Cause I didn't want to pay out to buy a mod light handheld light. But I also, now that I'm in the business and in the industry of doing this stuff, like you have to pay out and try things out. And if it doesn't work well, now, you know, you know, let me ask you this. Like if it was a rifle mounted light only, if they only marketed it as a rifle mounted light and it was just going to go on there, would you think it was overpriced? Um, that's a good question because uh, three of us had the connection issues doing low light training two weeks ago. Um, and that was with the, the tail cap. So I would say that's a hundred percent a tail cap issue, but that's, that goes to what I've always criticized mod light about. Like how is the like ergonomics? How is the, the ease of use and how durable is it? Like who's creating this? Is this just some nerd that knows a lot about lights or is this somebody who's out there training all the time? Cause as I told you earlier today that, I just had a meeting with Gunco and, you know, we talked about some improvements on the trigger that we want to make. Cause guess what? I use that thing every time I shoot, anytime I'm shooting a bullet, I'm using one of my triggers to make sure that I get rounds down range and, you know, some reps on those triggers. Right. So my question is, is mod light actually in house having people test these things and give them feedback or are they like sending out these lights to people? You know what I mean? Because the rifle light itself works fine, but the tail cap issue, three of us out of four of us ran mod lights and one person actually just stopped shooting with us. Cause he was like, look, I can't get this thing to work. And how expensive are these lights in comparison to everything else? I'm pretty sure these stay the most expensive light. Yeah. It's a valid point. It, it, it is a very, very expensive light. Uh, and there are the competitors out there are trying to come in a little bit less than, than what they're doing. I don't think you could charge any more then they're charging right now. They went straight to market with, we're going to charge as much as we possibly can and see mm-hmm. what happens. And people bought it because it was unequivocally the most powerful light out there. So yeah. and going back, I still to, think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to mount it to your rifle, you know, like that there's something to be said for that. Right. So completely different application and, you know, lumens, candela, uh, very, very important in those situations mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But again, speaking to the durability piece, how many people, how long has it been out there and how, how long has it really been utilized in the dark? Because 
doing doing low light trading is sort of tough to do unless you have access to property. And number one, you have access to property or range. Number two, that you're going out there and actually using it or doing it, and you're you're taking tons and tons of reps. How much feedback have have uh, have they really been provided? That being Mod Light or whoever for that matter. I don't, you know, aside from Mod Light, and are they just cherry picking? you know, the reviews or the things that they get back. We're just two dudes just going out and training. And, and how are you supposed to know as your average person who's I not in the know. industry? Yeah, you don't. like, so from what I've collected, so like just as a consumer, let's say here, uh, I'm going to name like GVRS group and all their content just on the outside. Um, just from what I see, they started running mod lights as far as I know when I um, started following them heavy, right? And these guys are dev group. These guys are like the top tier trainers. How long ago is this? I think all the way up until like this last month, right. I've, I've been paying attention. No, no, no. Like when did you start? When did you start like following them? Oh, oh, um, I think I've followed them since like the beginning of, of GBRS group. But okay. I, I think I've seen them through like working with somebody else on a CQV. Okay. So video. it's been a couple of years. Uh, well, a year and a half. I'd say a bit about a year for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so anyways, as far as I know, I could be wrong here, but I think I've seen them have mod lights on their, like their sling videos, their CQB videos. Cause they're big on keeping the tail cap instead of having a pressure yep. pad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what I'm seeing here. And I've noticed recently that like they don't have mod lights on anymore. Um, they're using, I, I believe the surefire, which I think is what most people in the military use anyway. Um, and from the outside looking in, my first thought is either they don't have a deal with Mod Light and they have a deal with Surefire or they, just they like had a stuff. bad experience with Mod Light and now they can't consciously. Well, we won't know until we ask them. Yeah, we won't know until <laughs> we ask them. But I'm just speaking com- purely from a consumer here. Yep. Right. And honestly, probably I will. I probably will ask them. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. But um, my point is, is like when you see things like that and you see some of like the most respected people and the big names like. For me, like GBRS Group, uh, T-Rex Arms, like Ronin Tactics, those are massive names and people that I like, what do they run? Just because you see that they run, it doesn't mean that that... We've covered this yeah, before. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean it's the end-all, be-all. But um, when they give you rationale behind what they're doing, then it kind of becomes more believable. And it's a gray area there. My point is, is that like Surefire seems to be like the most consistent across the board. So I usually try to like push them and they're big on like American made stuff. Um, they're not perfect, obviously, but I mean, nobody um, is. And again, there's no one light for every situation, but they've been around yeah. a long time and they have very, they have a ton of different products. Yeah. And, and the reason why models. I bring that up is because not only have they been around for a long time, but if we're talking outside the waistband, that's when you have to really start thinking about, do I want a surefire? Do I want a mod light? Do I want a cloud defense, which is a new up and coming company company? Uh, do I want to streamline? I pretty much always tell people, look, dude, if you're not willing to invest in training or knowledge and gear, just go buy yourself a $50 streamline yeah. and do us all a favor. Practice. Right. Yeah. Um, Stop you, it. Yeah. If you, if you, stop yeah. talking about all this shit. Like it doesn't, none of that's going to matter if you mm-hmm. don't train. Yeah. And, it, but if you're talking about mod light, like fucking, Oh, mod light, then like, okay, go train and then give us data so we can go forward with that. So, so that's, that's an interesting thing that I want to talk about right now. And that is, so last weekend when we went out this there, were, I needed to prove out some things that had enough training low light at this point to kind of go, okay, I'm going to try some different applications. I was using a new platform, new Glock platform. I wanted to kind of try a few different things. And I knew there would be other people there with lots of other gear. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't expect actually as many lights to show up as showed up. I mean, when we started that day, uh, I think I took a picture. There was over a dozen lights on the table. Yeah. Like we had all our lights there. Everybody kind of all brought, and we went through kind of the pros and cons of all the different stuff. There's everything from O light to mod light mm-hmm. right out there. Uh, surefire. Surefire. Sure yes. Zeta was there. There was everything. Everything was on the table. The only thing that wasn't there actually was the cloud. So the no, cloud, nobody had a cloud. It wasn't there. And I think there's a couple of reasons. I think for one, it's hard to get your hands yeah, on super, right now. Yeah. Maybe it's like the manufacturing process that they're dealing with, which actually um, I just talked to one of our friends that we train with all the time today and got some new inform- information about, um, so we've actually tested my personal handheld mod light, all of our mod light rifle lights, uh, against two cloud defense, uh, handheld lights. Uh, the new one that just came out mm-hmm. and, um, we did side by sides and like the cloud, uh, was a little less blue, a little bit more yellow. Mm-hmm. They both punched out to 250, but, the the OKW is a little bit more of a hot spot. I, th- I still think it, it beats it in range, uh, but it was keeping up with the 1860, 18650 batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. I actually was running CR123s for some of my testing. That makes a, that makes a difference. Yeah. And the CR123s actually were comparable power output wise to the cloud defense with the 18650 battery. But what people don't understand about this, this dual fuel head that I have on this mod light is that um, even though it makes it nice, to uh, be able to run CR123s because, I mean, anybody who's in the game of what we're doing probably has a box of CR123s somewhere in their house, their car. Um, It chews up those batteries quickly. Yeah, we're starting to get into battery power, and that was one of the things that came up when we were reviewing all these lights. Like, how does this this hold up? Um, And there's the rechargeables, there's the 18650s, Mm -hmm. there's the CR123s. Some of these take double A's, some of them take triple A's. Um, You know, again, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different lights. We had, there were so many lights on the table. I was stoked because mm-hmm. I was like, when I went in there, I was like, by the time I walk out of here today, I'm going to decide whether or not I'm going to step up to like a cloud mm-hmm. or a, or a mod, you know, type platform. Cause I do like the, I, I do like having different lights mm-hmm. for different things. Like you mentioned having one in my bag. I've got one in my bag too, right? Mm-hmm. The one that's on me and the one that's in my different bags, whether mm-hmm. I'm out on the range, my range bag or whether I'm traveling, like I, we were over. So this evolution we were at, here's the thing. I actually left this light in the car uh, when I went into this, this train situation. And so I didn't have it. It was dark. It was dumb. I don't know why I didn't. T- it was the first day. Literally the first day, she's like, what the fuck? You don't, you don't have your light on you? Mm-hmm. Cece was with me. She's like, that's cool. I got mine. And she has a small stream light. Like it's a mm-hmm. two double a, uh, stream light that she brought in. So we, we had it. My point of that is, is like that thing fucking worked great in that situation, mm-hmm. right? It was, it gave plenty of light. It was better than any of the lights anybody else pulled out of their duty belt. Yeah. Right. And there, cause they were all wearing and, or kit. Cause that's what they were, they were they had their issued whatever or, or standardized lights that they had to have. I guess the point of that is, is I went in to this thing going, all right, so do I really need a more powerful light? Cause I kind of been sold. Like I really like the idea of having more light. And I also like the idea of some of these smaller lights that I've seen people carrying around and the application there, like, it's not as bulky, doesn't take up as much space. I'm like, telling you, the ProTech one, dude, I had yeah, zero issues with it. Yeah, I mean, and, and all these things, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, because I I just kind of decided in my head, like, I, I don't know, maybe some money burn a hole in my pocket. It's like, I'm going to get a different light, and this is going to help me decide which one I 
what I want to get. Well, I came out of there. I'm going to be honest with, I'm not buying anything different. Like I don't need anything different mm-hmm. right now, unless it's mounted on a weapon. Like I don't need anything different for my, for my, for my DC. I, I know that for sure. Now um, you, you talked about for, the t- for EDC, for like, EDC yeah. in my if pocket, we're talking about like a truck light or something like that. Totally that different. Be something, Cause it, it stays in the car. Yeah, it stays in the car. Um, this one stays on me, but then it goes down. It, 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 a lot of it does come to what you just said there about battery power mm-hmm. and the battery and power uh, output is one thing, but your power source is another. And I don't know if a lot of people kind of realize, you know, the difference between like some of these, like mod light has its proprietary. It's not really proprietary technology, but they're proprietary, like a branded battery for mm-hmm. their lights and the reasons why versus the CR one, two, three, you mentioned. So your mod mod light has the dual fuel head. So you can put in yeah, so the mod lights or the, sorry, the mod batteries, or you can put in the CR one, two, three batteries. You want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah. I, I think that that's a great thing that they did. Uh, I think surefire had did that as soon as mod light came out because they realized that the, the future is these rechargeable batteries and they've gotten far. I remember playing video games. I, I hated rechargeable batteries cause they died so quickly. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I might as well just buy oh, a, I remember that too. A, a stack of fucking, you know, Duracells or something, right. Or lithium. Well, anyway, uh, that's not the case with this, man. This light destroys CR one, two, threes. This is like, I've had this dual fuel head cause I used to just run the PLH head and then the OKW head from my rifle on this handheld. And, uh, the 18650, it'll last me at least a month without having to recharge. And it's, it doesn't just like die on you. Like it, it, you'll start to notice it dims out slowly. Uh, the CR123s, dude, I think I'm on my fourth pair of batteries in one, six weeks, seven weeks. Yeah. Since I've had the dual fuel version of this head. Yeah. Cause there's not enough power in those batteries to truly power and it could the, the be just me of I, that particular light. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it could just be me because I fuck with my light a lot, dude. Like I fuck with this thing more than I shoot guns. Like, okay, well, fucking with it or not, like you just mentioned the Indian thing. Yeah. Uh, earlier, like you might not be meaning to fuck with it, and the yeah. thing punches on again based on like how the the setup of the light or the you know what how deep is that bezel? What is that button? How does that button? Yeah, work? this like, this button is super easy to engage, and uh, on the mod light, pros and cons. And uh, if I'm in the passenger seat of a car, the the seatbelt button presses into this and then my, my thigh gets hot and yeah, then I realize it's hot. It yeah. If I'm driving, I don't have that issue. Um, but these are things that have become consistent now with this particular one. So um, when, when would the sensitive button be a, a good thing? Like on the end of your rifle, like if you're reaching up to just, mm-hmm. to just do it. And, and or even the handheld stuff where we're doing single hand pistol mm-hmm. and sing, and ha- handheld on the other hand, dude, I love how easy it is to manipulate this thing. Um, once it's firmly in your hand and you controlling it with the, the theorem switchback. That's one thing I do not like about the streamlight is this has a uh, constant on, mm-hmm. right? And it's basically has several different levels. Like you can, you can strobe it if you just kind of give it a little bit of a touch, which mm-hmm. I ran into an issue with, mm-hmm. like it can go to constant on very easy. Mm-hmm. Like if you push it a little bit too hard. So if you're really fishing like deep into your pocket you could go constant on with it and it can come out. That is one thing that I'm not a super huge fan of this. Yeah. But I will I think a little bit of that's light. training, a little bit of that's no, training it, and being used to it so that you don't, I had that happen doesn't though. Go to strobing. With, with Streamlight, I noticed that they do give you a little bit too many options that I wouldn't like me personally. Mm-hmm. Cause like the strobing and the constant on versus the momentary, I don't like having all of that um, on my daily. I'd rather just have like pressure or click. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
This, um, this also has like a dimming thing too, where you can choose two levels, like a higher mm-hmm. or a low output. Yeah. So that's funny. They bring that up. So our friends bought the cloud defensive handheld, right? And that's like the, the new hottest light. And I think rightfully so, because it, it has power output. That's very comparable to mod light. Right. And I did my own testing with it, with my friends and yeah, dude, outside this thing is very comparable. It's right underneath it. I'd say in a little bit different coloring, negligible in terms of the power output or the less power output i've seen this stuff yeah. like it, it's come on man yeah like and, and then like in terms of the size of your rifle maybe yeah in your pocket come on no it's it for edc it doesn't really matter i don't think but for the difference between the two but uh in terms of size they're about the same uh we use switchbacks on both of them um now one of them was using an nd protector on the tail cap so that it's on the cloud on the cloud so it's because little, it comes with that like yeah. you can adjust it actually i think it's adjustable is mm-hmm. it not yeah yeah so you have the nd protectors so that you can make it a little bit more challenging so that hopefully you don't nd in your pocket when you're driving like i did um and then my other buddy just didn't have it on at all uh and we ran into issues with both now that are the big issues i don't know um in terms of like the ND thing, the ND thing was really cool because the person who was running the ND thing only had, I guess they make two models, like one where it's like low brightness or high brightness. Uh, and then one that was just one speed, like my mod lights, just one speed. It's just all the way up or off, Yep. you know? Um, but the one with the ND filter had the one that was like all the way up or off. Um, so it was, it was getting a little bit harder to do things like the cigar technique and things like that, which, which I, I would never use. I also don't really like myself, uh, but it's nice to have options, right? Uh, so maybe the ND protector who would have thought made it a little bit harder to engage. Um, how much harder? I don't know. That's up to you and how much you train with it. Yeah. Uh, now the two speed one, uh, that one got kind of complicated because sometimes you wanted more brightness and you're on the low setting and then sometimes you wanted, yep you know, less Less. brightness because it's something up close and then you're on the high setting. So it got kind of confusing. Maybe that's training, but also when shit hits the fan, is that, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also also like, what are you shining it at? Like we're shining at white paper targets. Yeah. Right. So like if you're, if you're shining at a human, Mm -hmm. God forbid you should ever be in that situation, but you're shining at a human who's wearing dark clothing or whatever, which is highly likely does you do you get that you know mm-hmm. that white light washback or or um, which by the function. way is something we didn't mention that we should definitely mention the reason why you get a handheld if you're somebody who has the EDC and you think that your Glock 19 or Glock 48 with a stream light on it like a slick stream light light weapon light like that's all you need you don't need a handheld uh, well have fun pointing a gun yeah. at somebody to search. Right. That's stupid. Yeah. I think p- people don't think about it. And when I say that I, I, you, you shouldn't be searching anything with your weapon light. No. One the weapon light is like, I'm searching for a threat. To, like I already have engaged this threat or I'm searching with a handheld because I'm not trying to point guns at people and then possibly fucking get myself in trouble. Yeah. We're talking about tactics now, but it really isn't. We're talking like safety and safety. using your fucking head. Yeah. But yeah, you shouldn't be searching anything with your, with your weapon light. You should be searching with your handheld. And for me, this is what I've learned in all my training now. Number one, I, I've learned I will never not carry a pistol or I'll never carry a pistol that doesn't have a, a weapon mounted light on it. And the purpose of that weapon mounted light is for a backup. Mm-hmm. It will be a backup light in case I drop my handheld, the handheld goes down, something happens, it comes out of my hand somehow, or 
some bad shit goes down where I will then be activating my, my weapon light. If you go out there just with the weapon light, and, and there's many other reasons when we start getting into the tactics and how you might utilize your, 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 uh, your handheld light in a self-defense situation in terms of positioning and all that. So we're not going to get into that, any mm-hmm. of that on here. But what I can tell you is the only reason I would, ha- I would be activating the, the light on the end of my pistol is if for whatever reason, my handheld went down. Yeah. Period. End of story. Yeah. That's the only reason. Um, if, if people would say, well, if you had a higher powered, you know, you know, light, you know, like a mod light on the end of your pistol, then you could see out to 50 yards and you can shoot 50 yards and you wouldn't have to hold, ha- hold your handheld light or go into like a Harry's position or mm-hmm. something like that to, to shoot. Am I really going to be doing that? Like, I, I don't really know. I don't really, I, I, I don't really know. I don't know if anybody should be taking a shot at 50 plus if, yards. If, if, fucking, if in, I can, if I shine my, my handheld light at somebody at 50 yards, right. And mm-hmm. then I, I recognize, Oh, that's, that could be bad over there. Guess what I'm doing? I'm getting the fuck out of there. I was going to say like, so <laughs> if you ever have to engage something from like 30, 40, 50 yards or more with a light, um, either you're in a war zone or get the fuck out of there. Cause that's enough space to get to safety. Get the fuck out. You know? Yeah. I mean, so it, again, there's a lot of talk and, and whatever, but I, going back to the weapon light, which is what mm-hmm. you just brought up, which is not what this particular thing is about. It's about the EDC light, you know, that you're carrying likely in your pocket or mm-hmm. bag or, or whatever else. Uh, it, it's, it is the primary light mm-hmm. and it can be used for many, many things. You mentioned self-defense, you mentioned yeah. stunning somebody, you, they're searching, uh, that, you know, even when I'm out walking the dog, there are, there are ways now that I've learned to use that light. If I'm out walking the dog in a dark area and not use that light as to mm-hmm. give up my position, give up too much information to, you know, potential bad guy that might be out there cause they're out there and those kind of things. Those are things you have to train and you have yep. to learn again beyond the, the, this talk. But the bottom line is, is that's the one that's going to be in my hand and on first, uh, not what's on the end of my weapon. Yeah. I mean, and let's say, let's say you do like you are in a situation where like, you have to defend yourself where you think you do. Do you think you want your gun out to at nighttime? You know what I mean? Like, unless you are a hundred percent sure the threat is engaging. Th- th- that's the only reason I'm pulling that out. Yeah. Like it's, it would be the same in any, yeah. in a daylight situation. Yeah. It's the only reason I'm, I'm pulling that out is because if I point that thing at somebody, it's one of the four, four basic rules of arms, safety. Like I would only point it at something I intended to shoot. Yep. That's yeah. it. Period. End of story. So uh, again, another thing to be thinking about for those of you like, why do I need a flashlight if I have a light on the end of my, my pistol? Well, you don't want to be walking around your house because you heard a, a bump in the night, right? With your gun pointed down the hallway when it could be your kid that got up for, you know, to take a piss yeah. in the middle of the night. Next thing you know, they come around the corner and you got your gun pointed at them, whether you shoot them or not. Yeah. That's all bad. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Handheld lights. Yeah. Handheld lights are definitely something I think everybody should have. I mean, just for day-to-day use and for, like I said, I mean, uh, just the, the simple uses like, um, stunning and things like that and self-defense. Um, but I did want to talk about the clips. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like differences here and what we run and what we've seen our, our training partners run, um, to try and, you know, give people some perspective. So I've ran the standard clip, like you have the streamlight clip, um, I've ran those and I like them. They're probably the most comfortable in terms of like being under the radar. Cause when people see me run my theorem ring, there's questions. Uh, it looks aggressive, man. Yeah. I, I mean, you could see it, dude. 
Like there's just no way around it. You could see it. But I always just say like, oh, it's just my flashlight. And then they're like, oh, well, that's kind of over the top, but okay. And they kind of just shrug it off. Um, but also maybe it could be letting anybody else know who knows anything about anything that if I have this, I might have a Probably gun, carrying. you know? Um, but I will say that the engagement on the theorem ring is like, I draw my, my flashlight like so fucking fast. I don't know what the time is. I guess maybe I can have a timer, but like I pretty much am super consistent with this thing and I have the fastest, you know, draw with this thing. And like, for example, I'm not going to bring a gun into Disneyland, but I'll bring this light. And uh, I'd rather have that faster draw and also this kind of like brass knuckle type thing. Yeah. It could be used in a defensive situation. Yeah. So like the best without, thing I, without the gun. Yeah. Yeah. If we're just using the light here, make it to me, the manipulation, I like it. I'm willing to trade it off, but you are kind of giving up a little bit that you have like a nice light or something there. Right. Yeah. You're just, you're, you're not printing, but you're telling. Yeah. It's a, it could be a tell mm-hmm. to somebody who, who may be intending you as a potential victim of theirs Yeah, or, or whatever situation. Um, I, it, th- here's a question though. Like how, what's more important to get your light out first, or your gun out first gun first. Um, if you're in a bad situation, mm-hmm. but again, like, do you want to search or identify with a light or a gun? Uh, again, right. There is no perfect situation, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but, you know, for those people like, hey, how important is that, that I get that light? Well, I got to get that light out. And then that way, you know, when I get my gun out, well, my gun's coming out first to find if, mm-hmm. if that situation happens, when the gun's coming out yeah, first. For, for me, another thing that I think like people in law enforcement should be training uh, MMA and stuff like that. The reason why I always say that is because I've tried to do, given the time that I have in a day, I've tried to do a lot more of that type of stuff, like self-defense stuff physically. So maybe like, I also think about this, like I'd rather resort to pulling my light out and have less legal issues if I really feel like something's going down. But if there's like some guns or like straight up, like, you know, when you need a gun. Right. But a lot of times it feels better to just be able to be like, look, I can fucking knock this guy out or I can do all this with just, just me and have the confidence to not pull my gun out and maybe prematurely think that I'm, calming something down, down that wasn't that crazy. Yeah, totally. Right. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, and at the same time, like if you had to go there, like ideally you're pulling both out at the same time. If you need both, mm-hmm. they're coming out nearly simultaneously. Well, I mean, both of us have shot with the lights off with ambient light and we're comfortable with no light. Oh, no, yeah, none. Like we, we've gotten at least a five, box hits. at least a five to 10 yards. Yeah. You know, at least a five to five 10 to 10 yards. yards. We're hitting a box with no fucking lights on oh. an ambient light. Again. Yeah. So ambient light being maybe like, 20, 25 feet back, the low green light of the emergency exit sign and the rest of the building being pitch black or the low dim glow of like a cell phone behind you or whatever that's backlighting Mm -hmm. things just a little bit is enough to see any amount of light. Like once you're adjusted to it Mm -hmm. and that's an important thing is like if you're walking straight into a from daylight into a basement might be a little bit of a different story, whether there's ambient light there or not, there's an adjustment period or whatever. And you might, you might need your, 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 your handheld light. But the point of that is, is even just with a little bit of a, of ambient light, you can be fairly certain in terms of identification and certainly be very accurate. Um, and if you don't believe me, just go try it, you know, go, go, go train it. I mean, that's, we, I I don't know that I would have believed that until I tried. I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm shooting inside groups. So yeah, I tried it. I didn't, I didn't want even want to think about doing that. Uh, but since I trained it, I was like, you know what? I actually, if I know like 
the threat in front of me is the threat in front of me. I don't mind ditching my light, getting two hands on the gun and shooting or um, just drawing and shooting without even worrying about engaging the light and fiddling with that kind of shit. Um, I think the lights are more um, in a lot of cases are more of like a legal protect your ass uh, situation. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that when you carry a gun, like you are carrying more responsibility than a car, even though a car can do more damage and on a consistent basis does more damage. There's to a like, higher level of accountability. Yeah. Like, like guns, there's just like this thing around it. Right. So like you better make sure you're that responsible citizen that doesn't fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know. And I think that's part of the, well, those are issues that we're always going to face. But again, it just comes back to, again, choosing the right, the right, <laughs> the right piece of equipment for the right situation and then going and training with it. And again, the perspective here is, is like we've, we've trained with a lot of different stuff now. And while I might've thought some things before and maybe kind of had this belief system around things, they've certainly challenged once I trained more and I saw other people Mm -hmm. training uh, with things and I got the chance to try their, try their stuff, right? Like, Hey, can I try that? And I realized like um, the other day I got to, I got to train with the Haley, Haley light. Yeah. I was really like, you know, I was like, oh man, that kind of makes a lot of sense. I like mm-hmm. this little bezel. I can get my fingers around that yeah. thing and I can activate the thing. It's, it's, it's only momentary. Mm-hmm. Like there's no constant on this makes sense. And what I found was number one, and there's no clip on this light. So what I found was one, when I put it in my pocket, it was buried too far in my pocket. Again, training. Maybe it was my first I, time. I, I think there's a clip, but I think it's just like a super minimalist slick clip. I, the one I had did not have one on there. Yeah. The one I was using did not yeah. have some, again, it was somebody else's light. Um, I did like the output on the light. It actually wasn't that powerful, but it was definitely powerful enough. It was like a nice middle ground, right? Totally. Uh, but what I found was, is that application for, again, I'm probably, if I'm holding a, a, a handheld light, if I have a handheld light in my hand, it's going to be one hand on the pistol. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into one hand on the pistol. So trying to grab two hands on the pistol with the the light or trying to have a two handed grip with that little light, more of again, that kind mm-hmm. of cigar type of uh, type of um, grip. Not, this is not going to happen for me. My hands yeah. just don't like that. I, as much as I train and I train it quite a bit with all the, with, with my own light. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't, doesn't work for me. And by the way, the, the housing on that light is basically the same size as the stream light that I have already. It's just shorter mm-hmm. and it has a, a much larger head. And then there's this like bezel that's probably, that's yeah, even larger than the head. What I don't understand about that light is that outside of an actual clip, why wouldn't you just use an X300? Yeah, so it does the same thing. It's almost exactly the same, um, except you have, you can use your palm to activate it. Um, where I felt like I had to really dig in, like uh, actually your hand. So the way, so for those of you guys that aren't watching this thing, <sighs> JP basically is being, is able to activate this by placing the, or his X 300 off the weapon. Right. So it's not on his pistol with, by holding it, same thing. It would almost be like this bezel, almost like kind of a cigar cigarette kind of hold, on the end of the light and then pulling the light into the palm of his hand. And it really doesn't matter where he pulls it into his hand is going to activate it because the paddles run across the, the entire back end yeah. of that housing and it's going to activate that light versus the Haley strategic light, which was a button, which is just like a nice little round button. Yeah. Uh, you need to, you need to get in there and there's no bezel on that thing that protects the button, like mm-hmm. on the mods or the clouds or the, the streamlights. So 
anyway, but I like this. Cause like, look, every, let's be honest. The Glock 48 exists because people want to be comfortable. It's not cause it shoots better than a G19 or G17, right? It's a comfort thing, right? So if I want to carry a G19 with no weapon light, it's not because I think weapon lights are dumb. It's because I want the most comfortable fucking, I don't want to sit and have a barrel in my crotch. Right. Yep. I don't want to have an X300 in my crotch, but if I carry this as my backup light and I can do all the same shit and it's not, it's, it's on the border of being too bright. Um, it can just quick detach onto my gun instantly yeah. and I can have a weapon light. So that is, I a, like that is a nice, that is a nice function of that light. Is it the quick, the quick attach, particularly if you're running Glock, it's yeah. the easiest one. It just slides. Literally yeah. Slides so right like under. it serves a couple of purposes and, and this particular light, the X300 that I have here, um, I've shot steel super easy with at 50 yards. The battery life on those is very good as well. I have one. As yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah so, so 50 yards steel, if you want to talk about punching out usable light with a handgun, right. You know what I mean? You don't need, you might want, yeah. but you don't necessarily need uh, a mod light on the end of your pistol. I, I look at, yeah. I'm just, just saying in terms of lumens and candelas and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, there's, there's plenty of power in that. How far are you really going to be shooting down range? Um, and again, if you're out in a war zone and you're walking through a village in Afghanistan, I don't have any fucking clue about that. Yep. So I can't even speak to that. Yep. But in terms of walking around my neighborhood, the city, the metropolitan area that I and live even in, even desert ranges. In my, yeah, in desert, exactly. Desert and forest ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that the, you know, even the TLR1 that I have on the thing was fine. Oh, um, we should talk about that real quick. Yeah, though. go ahead. Your TLR1 did really bad. Um, it, with, when, with, with dust. With a dust. Dust and smoke smoke fog mist fog any of those 20 yards was like the max if there's if you have that kind of inclement weather like so i assume if it was raining which i hadn't trained with it in that in Mm -hmm. that kind of weather i might have had the same issue but yes in the dust we were out on a very big range it was kind of that moon dust a lot of people Mm -hmm. moving around um and particularly like if i was shooting um like from prone. Yeah. Uh, like it was an issue because that, that dust started to come up from yeah. that blast that was coming off out of the end of that muscle muzzle. And it was not cutting that to get to the target. So it was very, very blurred. That was the TLR one. Yeah. Issue. So the TLR one has got a long track record. A lot of people who run it, uh, the price point and reliability and durability, I think that you get from it it's is fantastic. a, is a selling point yeah, for it. Fantastic. Um, Cause it's half the price of this surefire X 300, which is my favorite light. Um, it's half the price and it's a smidge and smaller, but like I said, this X 300 versus your TLR one 50 yard steel, I'm blinking. You can't even identify. So you stop shooting. Stop. Um, again, application fog, mist, moon dust, smoke, uh, 50 yards. How applicable is that to you? I don't know. Um, that's just what we've experienced yeah. with this. In, in um, my in my experience, that's what I got. So again, depends on application. If you're talking about like the gun that you're taking to the movies or the grocery yeah. store or whatever, none of that stuff might matter. Again, fog mist where you live. I live in fucking California. It almost never rains here, mm-hmm. right? We we don't get fog here um, unless you're on the coast outside, you yeah. know, or whatever. Maybe if you're living, you know, up in a, in a coastal area where you get that regular fog, maybe that's important for you. Yeah. It just isn't for me again. No, no perfect. Yeah. No perfect life for, for every situation, but it really, there isn't one, but I will say that usually what I tell everybody when they're like, I just need one gun, home defense, concealed carry. Um, usually the exact setup I tell every single person 
and this is what everybody ends up doing. Uh, this is close to what I think anybody should run. It's a T-Rex sidecar holster, uh, G19, TLR7A. Yeah, the TLR7 is great. I mean, uh, it, it gives you just enough light for most, probably most applicable situations. That's like such a sweet spotlight for yeah. me. Um, and it's it is very low profile. Mm-hmm. It is very affordable. It's like 130 yeah. bucks. Yeah, 130 bucks versus again... If you are like me and you have hookups, maybe it's like two fifteen for an extra hundred. But uh, sticker price is close to three hundred. Yeah, it's three hundred bucks, man. Yeah, I, that's a great hookup. I want, yeah. I want that hookup. Like that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's a three hundred dollar light. I mean, yeah. they just came out the turbo. I don't even know what that that one is. And that might be even too much. Yeah, I don't, I don't you know. know. Um, I do want to talk about the cloud a little bit because I'm one of the few people that's actually done some training with it that has a voice. You know, um, so it, compared to the OKW handheld. Uh, again, it punched out to 250 where we can ID things in the wilderness, uh, in the desert. Um, it was less blue, more yellow than um, my mod light. We had two of them, two different configurations of it. Um, both configurations were a little bit harder to manipulate than my mod light because maybe training. The ND tail cap made it a little bit harder to engage. And you can adjust that from what I believe I've heard from them. Um I liked it. I thought it looked good. I think it ran fine. Uh, as far as like the the two stage light that I think one of them had, uh, that's kind of that to me. That can be like a oodle loop, as they say. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck, dude? Like, which light am I engaging right now? The low or the high? Um, but one thing that's interesting is that uh, Cloud is known. They made their name for the most durable light. It's supposed to be the the most durable light. It's never been the best output. Maybe it's not the best manipulations in terms of like uh, how it's applied to the end user. I don't know. That LZ is pretty durable, dude. Yeah, LZ was pretty durable. But no, they they actually were throwing epoxy down in there in that thing halfway through the process so that all of the connections, all the wires, like Mm -hmm. they're not, all the internals are like basically cemented in there. And then you throw throw your batteries in on top of that. That's true. But one did fall apart after spiking it out of wall. <laughs> it's a little bit more than yeah, that, man. Yeah, yeah. So it fell apart after, you know, some of our friends were <laughs> spiking. However, it got put back together. They put it back together fine. and it worked just fine. <laughs> so that that's true. But Cloud has actually posted videos of them with their lights dropping from yep. like 20 story buildings. Ridiculous, yeah. Ridiculous. And that's more than spiking it. You know what I mean? As much like, cause we were just not strong enough as humans to drop a light from like 20 mm-hmm. stories and like have the same force, right? Generate the same force. But anyways, so cloud is known for being like super durable. And a lot of people have argued like, like how mod light, what's too much light. Well with cloud, they've argued what's too much durability. I'll tell you the mod light isn't too much durability and the X 300 as much as my favorite light. I cracked one, not the body, not the frame, not the bezel, but the lens. That doesn't mean it's not durable. It just means it's not maybe as durable as that doesn't mean it's not durable. Yeah. I'm still using both the lights that were cracked. You know what I mean? To this day, they, they work, uh, supposedly, uh, chosen armory told me they're they like mod lights. So they told me they're going to get me a new, uh, a new bezel, I guess. And, I think you can just replace the glass. Yeah, the, the head. They said Mod Light uh, does like a repair kit for free or whatever that they send out to you. So I think Chosen was going to help me out with that. Cause That's they, great. They seen that like I had issues with my Mod Light. But anyway, so like, yeah, like I said, I'm surefire ride or die. But 
Uh, I cracked the light. Everything else was good, but it still worked. And I'm just talking in terms of durability because this doesn't mean these are shit. This just means like, look, dude, if I drop mine on like a boulder that was like the size of a brick during a full sprint with a surefire and it held up a little better than a mod light, um, that is what it is. The mod light, I tossed it from about nipple height and, and it, uh, both times it dented and cracked. Right. And I think that's a little bit more applicable to our day to day standing still, just tossing it. Right. Uh, the cloud though is known for how durable it is. And everybody's like, uh, to a certain extent, how durable is durable? Well, I don't know how much we'll see. I, I guess we'll fucking see. We'll see. Um, so I'm excited about cloud light or cloud defensive because the durability aspect, they're really big on that, but also they've caught up. Oh, I've tested the lights now and they've caught up to the OKW pretty, I'd say it's maybe like a, a 85% out of a hundred, if a hundred um, percent is OKW mod light performance. Right. And to me, that's acceptable if it's durable, but uh, one of our friends that we did those tests with actually is having issues with this cloud light. Um, and so he actually just shipped it back today. Uh, there was inconsistencies in how dim it was and the coloration. Um, yeah. So it's the power output is when it's drawing on the batteries. Yeah. Yeah. And so batter, again, going back to power source matters, like you mm-hmm. could see it, you could see it, um, you could see it dimming on, like if you hold it on for a certain period of time, yeah. it was just kind of dying off. Right. And that's just, it's drawing. I think one of these manufacturers, I can't remember which one it is. Maybe it's cloud that will actually, or maybe it's streamlight. I'm not quite sure, but in their proprietary lights, they will actually, it will, the, the battery uh, will actually adjust to whatever the wattages on the particular light mm-hmm. that you're using. So you'll see it go at whatever, you know, super high to, well, this, this, this light doesn't really need that much um, power will actually back it off and take it down. Um, and vice versa. So it'll draw as much as it needs or mm-hmm. as little as it needs in order to power whatever your light's designed to do. Um, again, that's technology and that shit's coming around. And quite frankly, I don't understand it all, for, you know, from a, from a electrical engineering perspective. But um, to your point, the technology is advancing and there's going to be things and cloud's going to have probably some things to work out. Yeah. And um, you know what, as far as I've heard their customer service dealing with some of these issues with their brand new light, with a swarm yeah. of people coming in, from what I've heard, they've handled it as good as they could have. Um, being the size of the company that they are. And they but, ran into some things. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think you and me talked about it in one of our other podcasts that like, look, if you're going to do some crazy release, like get it buttoned down <laughs> with how many units. And right. well, they still like what? It was like 4,000 units in like five minutes. Yeah. Or something yeah so be ready for that. If you're right. going to be, yeah. you know, so yeah, they're doing the right thing. They're like, okay, well if it isn't working, like send it back and let's try mm-hmm. to make it right. So the next time they, they sell 8,000 units in two minutes and they don't have to, they don't have to warn yeah. people or, and, and it's like you and me said, like, like never get the first generation, yeah. the first generations where they work the bugs out. Or, or if you do expect that there could be issues and be patient, you know, or try to be mm-hmm. patient with the company that you're working with, um, you know, as you're, as you're, you know, as they're working out their issues, you need mm-hmm. to be, you decided to buy gen one. So, yeah, you know, no, it, I mean, and I know, I know how it is, especially coming from train with purpose with like, um, I'm on the fifth generation base plate. And now anybody who's purchased a base plate, they've only purchased two generations of it. They've never like, I did all the sorting out on my own before I even sold like the first three generations. Uh, and my triggers on like gen two now. So, um, I know how it goes, man. Uh, you just have to 
be patient and like do as much research as you can train so that you don't get surprised. And, uh, hopefully whatever company you're supporting has good customer service and treats you right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we've said good and bad stuff about all the big name lights. Like LZ is one that I know triple feed loves, but I mean, ultimately, um, after spiking it a handful of times, (laughs) it did, it did fall apart, uh, which I don't think anybody's spiking fucking lights on a regular. That was pretty excessive. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty excessive. I think that was more, yeah, I think that was more for just testing purposes. Cause I, I was tossing my, my, my uh, mod light, but, um, yeah, I think ultimately we just want everybody to have the most information that they can get. And, uh, as an end user, be able to make the right decision based on like if they want American made, if they want a company that's been in the business for five years or 30 years, if they want the most power output or if they want the most durable. Um, and like nothing's perfect, dude. That's why you got to train with it. Yeah. And so this is the takeaway. First off. Yeah. No one size fits all. Mm-hmm. There is no perfect light for every situation. Just plain and simple. If you haven't trained with a light or you don't have in the, don't fucking worry about all the details right now. Yeah. Buy yourself a $60 light. Yeah. Buy yourself a, a, a 50 or $60 you light. You literally can't go wrong with Streamlight. Yeah. Go out and train with it and figure out the things that you like that you don't like. How big is it? Carry it around for a few yeah. months. You know, put it in your pocket. Like, is this is this too big? Is this too small? Uh, does it give me, you know, when I, when I actually am using it in application, when I'm training it, you know, how... How does it feel in my hand? Like, does it, again, uh, again, this switch on there, you really have to get used to using this switch and it's not going to be a perfect a hundred on this, on the streamlight. And, uh, and it's not going to be perfect a hundred percent of the time, even as much as I've trained with it, I still occasionally it'll go to strobe on me and that, mm-hmm. that bothers me or I'll go to constant on, um, when yeah. I don't mean to, uh, but for every one of those things, if I move to another light, there would probably be something or probably be something that I didn't like about that. So get yourself a get yourself an inexpensive light, go out, train with it. And then based on what your your feelings are, then maybe step it up to the next level. But to die on one light for all applications um, is just it's not smart, dude. It's not smart. So don't, I mean, like, don't, don't think that you're going to find the perfect like, light and don't think that there is a perfect light company out there. There just isn't. And, um, you know, again, it. You got to figure out what works best for you. Yeah. And I think I'm a perfect example of somebody who I'm trying to be, you know, um, objective about everything and and I'll be straight up. There's certain companies I don't like, and I guess what? I still use them. Um, like I said, TLR seven, if you're running concealed weapon light X 300, if you want to be mobile between having a handheld and, uh, and a weapon mounted light and, um, you know, mod light, if you really want to punch out there far, or if you want to disorient somebody, you know, if you're using it as self-defense, like there's different reasons for everything. And guess what? I, I have all three and maybe not on me all the time. You know, usually it's, it's two of the three, but there's a reason for everything. Those are three different brands. Uh, and if, and if you know me, I love my American made kick and Streamlight is not a hundred percent American made. So gotcha. if, if that matters to you, maybe don't spend 130 on a Streamlight and maybe spend 300 and 47,000 <laughs> on a fucking mod light or cloud. As soon as we get a little bit more data on it, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, surefire is tried and true uh, real quick before we button this up though. I did want to say batteries do matter. We talked about uh, power output okay. and why, but accessibility, uh, the guys at triple feed did bring up something. If you're in a foreign country, not America, right. uh, I think double a is the go-to light style that you want. 
which is accessible to most streamlights because uh, they don't allow things like uh, the CR one two three A's, uh, or they'll get confiscated, or they'll get confiscated, right? Because yeah. um, it, it's a sought after battery, and it's and it's a great battery, and it's and it's useful. Um, one thing that I think people need to think about is the batteries. Like I like the Streamlight cause you can use the CR one, two, three, a, or the double a, which are both very accessible in any situation in any store. So if it dies, you can stop the, you know, the circle K or the Arco gas yeah. station, Chevron gas station, and get yourself some new batteries. Exactly. And the 18650 is the best battery that we've named today. It's the best output. Uh, it seems to last a very long time with high output, uh, lights, but you have to order anything 18650 from the internet, right? But this dual fuel head that Surefire and Modlite both use allow you to do a CR123 mm-hmm. um, as a backup. If you need to. If you yeah. need to. And now I, I have a lot of experience with the Modlite with the 650, 18650 and the CR123. And I, I have a good amount of opinions about like the differences between the two and both of them work just fine. Uh, I think I'm going to end up with this, like going back to the 18650 and just have a box of CR one, two threes in my car in case. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. So, um, these are things to think about. You would, especially if you're somebody who cares about being prepped, I mean, it would suck to just carry a rechargeable battery only, even mm-hmm. if it's a different brand or whatever. Yep. And then all of a sudden you don't have your old light charger with you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Accessibility. That's one thing. But other than that, I, I'm pretty sure we covered mm-hmm. everything. Durability, accessibility. Um, obviously what's your goal? Uh, what are you, what are you trying to get out of it? Um, you know, powers imp- could be important, but you know, th- it's situational. So think about that before you fall in love with a particular light. Um, you know, think about it, get yourself a light, mm-hmm. go out and start training with it before you start making big decisions or spending $400. Yeah. The price keeps going up. Yeah. Uh, spend 350 or 400 bucks on a light and, um, yeah, best of luck to you. Get your stuff, your shit together, figure it out and, um, then make some buying decisions. Don't go the opposite direction because, uh, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah. And, um, I think you and me for once in this gun stuff, got it right the first time by starting with Streamlight and kind of working yeah. our way up. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. Uh, got no complaints. All right, JP, thanks for your time, dude. That was good. Yeah, man. I enjoyed it. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.